It's Sunday morning and we are in a study on Christmas or what I call Christ Mass. Christmas is Roman Catholicism. I've told you the story. When I was a little kid down in Texas back in 1951, I was 12 years old. It was either 50 or 51. And my father went out and bought a TV. And I, I, we had heard about him. I'd never seen one in my life. And uh, he went out and bought a little 8-inch screen about like that. And had a big box like this. Had rabbit ears on it. And all we could get was two stations, NBC and CBS. ABC was a fledgling network. Hadn't caught hold yet. We watched everything. We would watch Howdy Doody. Do you remember Howdy Doody? We'd watch anything. We were enamored. We turned off all the lights. It was dark in there. We were going. We just never seen anything like this. And on Christmas Eve, we would sit there and we would watch the Pope on Christmas Eve. And the Pope would be had the Eucharist holding it up saying words something like this, hoc est corpus eum fili. That is Latin. You can hear corpse in there. And they say that will turn into the literal body of Christ. They raise it up to adore it or to worship it. They worship the cookie or the... That's what uh, this converted Catholic priest called it. Father Chinnick, we called it the cookie god. And uh, what we're doing is I'm teaching you about the truth about Christmas. As a little boy, I realized nobody told me. I didn't get taught. I had heard a few things that the Roman Catholic Church was an evil thing. And... Uh, and I heard that the Mass was where you ate that literal body of Christ, that that cracker turned into the literal body of Christ. I'm sitting there as a little kid evaluating this and saying, this is Christ's Mass. That's what it is. That's what Christmas is. It's Christ's Mass. When you look it up in any dictionary, or any encyclopedia, it will say Christus Mass. That's the way it was spelled, Christus Mass. They dropped one of the S's, Christ Mass. They dropped one of the S's, I guess so it would look more acceptable and called it Christmas. Now, I've given you some papers. Let me read something to you before I go into these papers. I wrote all those tracks over there back in the 80s and early 90s, and I've got one on Christmas. Whose birthday is it? What I do is I put the body, I put the verse up here, and then I put the body of the uh, of the article down here. Let me read this to you. I read, I read one of them last week on, uh, I can't remember which one it was, but I read one last week. Matthew 2, 1 through 16. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. There came wise men from the east. Uh, 
Now the east where they came from was over here in this is one of the amazing things. Let me get over here to where So this is Jerusalem. These wise men came from over here on the Euphrates River. That's where Babylon was. This Babylon was where Iraq is. That's Iraq right there. Right there. They saw a star in the east and then they traveled over here to Jerusalem to see the young child that's spoken of in the stars. Now let me continue reading. Herod gathered the chief priests and scribes. He demanded of them where Christ should be born. Herod inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. The star came and stood over where the young child was. When they were coming to the house, they came to the house where the young child was. They couldn't have gotten over to Jerusalem, 650 miles, that same night. They couldn't even get there while he was still a baby. They came to the house where the young child was. That's what the Bible says in Matthew, the second chapter, and it tells you he was in a house when they got there. The, the wise men at the manger is not true. Just the angels were at the manger there in Luke. And the star came and stood where the young child was. When they came into the house, they saw the young child. They presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Herod slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all the coasts thereof from two years old and under, according to the time when he had diligently inquired of the wise men. So Jesus was somewhere in the neighborhood of two years old when the wise men got there. Jesus was no longer a baby in a manger when the wise men came. He was a young child, approximately two years old, living in a house, not a manger, and with his parents. All of the, the shepherds came to the manger. Herod inquired of the wise men what time the star appeared. Then according to that time, he slew all the children, two years old and under, so that he might be able be sure of slaying the young child Jesus. These were not birth or birthday gifts which the wise men brought. They were gifts of worship to a righteous king. God signifies the, purit the purity throughout Scripture. Frankincense was a sweet fragrance offered in the sanctuary in Exodus 30 and 34. With the burnt offering Leviticus 2 1 and 16 as an emblem of prayer Psalms 141 2 presented represented the divine name or authority of God and Malachi 1 11. myrrh was used to embalm the dead particularly the body of Christ John 19 and 39 
and was used along with the frankincense as an acceptable, sweet, savory smell. The death of Jesus is a pure sacrifice. It is a sweet smell and acceptable to the Father. Where did this picture of Mary at the manger with the babe in her arms originate? St. Francis of Assisi, a Romanist bishop, monk, placed his manger scene, or the crash, C-R-E-C-H-E, into the church. The ancient Madonna means Our Lady, the ruler. And child were worshipped in Babylon as the mother with the babe in arms 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus. His mother and babe was Venus and Cupid at Rome, Isis and Osiris in Egypt, Re and Tammuz at Babylon. The unresurrected boy savior was called the eternal boy in pagan Rome. This is not the Jesus of the Bible, who is the living God, and by the mouth of Isaiah said, My glory will I not give unto another, neither my praise to graven images in Isaiah 42 and 8. He will not share his glory with the Mary of the Bible, who said of Jesus, My spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. She said she needed a Savior, therefore she was not immaculately conceived, as we've been told. That means Mary was conceived without sin, and we don't believe that. Mary was a sinner in need of a Savior. The babe of Christmas is unresurrected. Birthdays celebrate man and our heathen in origin. Only two are recorded in Scripture. Pharaoh's where he hanged his butler in Genesis 40 and 20. And Herod's where John the Baptist was beheaded in Mark 6, 28. The birth of Christ could not possibly have been in December since the shepherds did not stay in the fields through the first rains, which were in mid-October. The winters were bitter cold, Matthew 24 and 20, and were certainly in no time for grazing sheep. This December the 25th indeed was known far and wide in the ancient world as the very day of the birth of Adonis, the sun god of Babylon. Now, I've given you three papers, or two papers. When Israel was a nation, she was told not to go after other gods. I've got on the front of your paper, it's got, it's got a big B up here. It's got all the different gods that Israel went after in the Old Testament. Israel had a lineage, started with Adam. Adam, this is in Genesis the fifth chapter. Adam had a son, Seth. Seth had a son, Enosh. Enosh had a son, Canaan. Canaan had a son, Mahalalel. Mahalalel had a son, Jared. Jared had a son, and his name was 
Enoch. Enoch had a son named Methuselah. Methuselah had a son. His name was Lamech. Lamech had a son, Noah. Noah had a son, Shem. Shem had a son. We get the word Semitic from that. And Shem had a son called Arphaxid. Arphaxid had a son, Salah. And then Eber, Peleg, Reu, Reu, and then Serug, and then Terah, and then Abraham, and Isaac, and then Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons that became the nation of Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel in Genesis, the 32nd chapter, and his sons became a nation. God kept telling Israel, if you go after other gods, other gods, God had picked this line out. This is God's lineage. That's God's family. He picked out these people to be his family. He said, if you go after other gods, I will send four judgments. He called them sore judgments. But you need to understand what sore means. It is the word ra. It's the common word for evil. Evil. God said, I will send the sword the famine. I will send the pestilence. And I will do that over and over. And if you try my patience, I'll send a fourth judgment to destroy you. And that will be the beast. And we know who the beast is. It is a world ruling system. Israel, all the time they were a nation. This was God's lineage. And then they ended up when the 11th son of Jacob, Joseph, was sold into captivity. He was actually sold into Egypt by his jealous brothers because his father loved him above all of his brothers. And he gave him the the inheritance of Israel through his second-born son, Ephraim. Long after Ephraim is dead, when Ephraim is, is referred to, it's referring to the ten northern tribes. Led by Ephraim, the two southern tribes were, were Judah, the fourth son, and Benjamin, the twelfth son. They comprised, you can see it on this map right here, you can see Judah and Benjamin. This was southern Israel. Simeon belonged to northern Israel, but I believe God put him down there because he was very ornery. He got into trouble all the time. So as though God put him down into southern Judah, to have him surrounded by Judah so he, they could make him behave. He, he had a hard time behaving himself. Now, God tells Israel, after they were in Egypt, 
Joseph was was sold into Egypt, but that's not when the Egyptian bondage started. The Egyptian bondage did not start till Exodus, the first chapter. That's when the bondage started, and it ended in Exodus, the 12th chapter, with the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn, and when the when God said, "I, you have to have the blood on the doorpost of your house, the blood of a lamb, and if you don't have it, I'll kill the firstborn in the household. That was called the Passover. When I say the blood, I will pass over you. Now, Israel, were, they were led out of Egypt at the hand of Moses. It is Moses that is pronouncing these judgments. Moses leads them out. They spend 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years. Why 40 years? Well, when they got over here, when they got over to, I'll have to bring this up. When they got to Kadesh Barnea, Here's Kadesh. This is the wilderness here. When they got to Kadesh, that was at the beginning of their journey, God told them to go into this land of, we would call the land the Gaza Strip. Gaza Strip, that's the ancient land of the Philistines. Philistines. Or the land of Anak ancient land of Anak. And the Anakims were giants. And when they said, we don't want to go in, those giants are too big for us. They were huge people. But here's what's amazing. Just a month or so before, God had destroyed the largest army in the world. And you think he can't take care of giants? So everyone that was 20 years old and upward, 20 years old was draft age in Israel. You had to be 20. So the Lord said, because you wouldn't go in and fight the Anakims, you search the, the, the city out and you search the land out for 40 days. I'm going to take 40 years in the wilderness, a year for a day, until I kill off Everyone, as of Kadesh Barnea, 20 years old and upward. When they got over, and that would be everybody except Joshua and Caleb. They said, we'll go take those guys. Because we got a God that destroyed the greatest army in the world. Got, got Pharaoh and his armies down into the Red Sea and pulled their wheels off their chariots. God did the pulling off of the wheels if we have a God we got to let him do his fighting the way he wants to so God says I'll kill off everybody other than Joshua and Caleb they were older men that's the only two old men that entered into the land after 40 years and they come here above they come here above uh, uh, 
above the Dead Sea. Here's the Dead Sea. There's the Sea of Galilee. They come right above the Dead Sea and cross the land there. That's at the end of Deuteronomy. And it, you, they're going into the land in Joshua and in Judges. Now, and God keeps telling them, if you don't follow me, let me go back here and look at something. Go back to Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. Deuteronomy 28. And this is why I'm leading up to Christmas. Christmas is the worship of the ancient gods of the ancient world. Deuteronomy 28. I don't know how long it'll take me to get through this, so you keep on bringing those papers back every week. And we'll study it together. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy is at the very end. They're, they're up here in Deuteronomy. God has killed off all these unbelieving men. They're up here just north of the Dead Sea. They're about to cross the Jordan River and go in and possess the land. That's where they are. So Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, if you can find anything in it where it's talking about, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, they're all believers. The unbelief has been killed off out there in the wilderness. So when you're in Deuteronomy, and he says this in the 28th chapter, Verse 1, it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all of his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. All you got to do is obey God. That's it. And here's what will happen to you. All these blessings shall come on thee. And overtake thee, and thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. You'll be blessed in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. You'll have more crops than you could take care of. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body. You'll have healthy children. There won't be any stillborn. No children born dead. They'll all be healthy. And the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, you'll have the richest of everything. The increase of thy kind and the flocks of sheep and bless you of thy basket and thy store, your storehouses will be just running over. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. I love verse 7. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. And it don't matter how many there are. You can whip your enemy and you'll be greatly outnumbered. That happened many times. They shall come out against thee one way and flee seven ways. But... If you don't obey my commandments, what does he do over there in verse 15? 
If thou shalt, it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee. You'll be cursed in the city. Cursed shalt thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of sheep. Your children will be born dead, born sick. If you don't obey me, cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall send. It's not evil people going to sin. People say, God won't create evil. He said, I make peace. I create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand to do. Everything you do will fail. Do you think that applies to America? I guess it does. Until thou be destroyed, until the perish, thou perish wickedly because of the wickedness of thy doings, and the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have... The Lord's going to do this until he hath consumed thee from off the land. Sometimes you've got a piece of paper here where I'm talking about it says scatter on the it says scatter God would use various ways of saying scatter he says I'll scatter you all over the earth but it will be with the beast the beast is the fourth judgment I will put up with you for years God put up with Israel for 510 years while they went after these other gods. The other gods is the same thing as Christmas. Other gods. Sword was their enemies coming against them. Famine was either no rain, too much rain, Samuel said in First Samuel, the 12th chapter, he said, we're fixing to crown Saul first king. But God's going to have to make Saul an evil man because he comes out of the wrong tribe. When the people said, give us a king, God said, I'm your king. If God in the Old Testament was the king of the Jews, who was he? Who was the king of the Jews? Jesus, Jesus pre-incarnate. He was their king. They said, we want a king. He said, I'll give you a king. I'll give you the wrong, wrong king out of the wrong tribe. An evil spirit will enter into to him. And the evil spirit will come from God. Now, in this, you can look up. I just gave you this. I carry this around. It's got scatter. I marked a bunch of places where it talks about God scattering Israel. Sometimes God will use the term off the land. I'll move you off the land. And sometimes he will say, 
that he will remove you, will remove and scatter and off the land all mean the same thing. He's going to have the beast. They went for 510 years. Finally, God says, I will send Babylon to carry you away. I will send, then Babylon will be overthrown by the Persians. And you find this beast in Daniel 7, Revelation 13, and in Hosea 13. You find this beast, it is a, it is a, it is a lion. Babylon is equated with the lion. Persia was equated with the bear. The bear is the largest carnivore in the world. You got two bears that are kind of run head to head. The Kodiak on Kodiak Island and the polar bear. They're both, when they stand up, they reach upward. They reach up to about 17, 18 feet tall. Stop and think. These are eight-foot ceilings here. Whew. Can you imagine something three times as tall as this ceiling? Or at least two and a half times as tall coming after you. Well, the largest armies in the world was Persia. They'd have two and a half million that they would send upon another nation, upon Carthage. Two and a half million soldiers. You couldn't beat that. Well, then the lion, Babylon was the lion because the lion was the most regal of all the old empires. Just magnificent. And then the leopard. The leopard was, it was a killing machine. If a lion attacks you, he might just shake you and walk away. A bear might shake you and walk away. A leopard is out to kill and eat. If he attacks you, you're better off if a lion attacks you, even though he's not as big as a lion. They, they kill to eat. And when they come after you, they can take a 150-pound man and climb to the top of a tree with a man that big. And they do that to get away from the other beasts of prey. So the leopard, Alex, Alex the Great, was he was a killer machine. He had, he had the greatest methods in battle of anybody. They actually teach his methods at West Point. He was unbelievable. I'll tell you something he did, it's just amazing. They didn't know how how to stop chariots. So instead of studying how to stop chariots, he studied the horses. And he found that you could make a little indention in the line, like a little garage or a little carport, just let just open up and the horse would stop, they'd kill the guy driving it, they'd take it with them. 
he's figured that out on his own. I think it's I think it's neat. Anyway, so God sends Israel, goes after Baal, Grove. These are the same gods that Christmas was about. I have to match this up. Constantine started Christmas. He started in 312 A.D. The reason he, he did this was because he felt like he was going to lose the empire. The empire did not rule all the world. It ruled all the civilized world. Let me get back over here. Where is that? I'll find it. The Roman Empire... Uh, I like this other map best. The Roman Empire, just like the these four beasts, Babylon, Persia, Greece, and the fourth beast was the beast with iron teeth. And that was Rome. It was stronger than all the rest of these put together. That was the Roman Empire. That was what was ruling people. Now, the empires, their boundaries were upon the sea. They were upon the, what they called the Great Sea. There's been a mistranslation in the in the uh, book of Revelation. They call the sea the bottomless pit. That is a that is a terrible translation. But you got to remember, half the translators were Roman Catholic, so they don't really want you to know sometimes what these words are. Bottomless pit is the word abusas, A-B-U-S-S-O-S. In the Greek language, you have negative particles. It negates the word. This word abusas is our word abyss. And it comes from the word bathos, which means something with great knowledge. The alpha privative, first letter of the Greek alphabet, as a negative particle negates the word bathos. It translates abusos, a word that they put bottomless pit. It doesn't mean bottomless pit. It means a place of no knowledge. And in the Mediterranean Sea, the beast had no knowledge of God. Only one people's had knowledge of God. In the Mediterranean Sea area, that was that little bitty nation of Israel on the eastern end of the Mediterranean. They're the only ones that had God's knowledge. Not until Acts, the second chapter, Acts, second chapter, did God pour out of his spirit on all flesh. It was on one flesh here 
And because they went after all of these gods, Baal, Grove, you can look at this paper I gave you, and you can see these are all the gods that there's one after. Baal. Baal was the same thing as Hercules. If you look up Hercules in the McClinican Strong, it will tell you it is the Tyrian Baal. What do you mean Tyrian? Well, the Baal of Tyre. If this is Israel, this is a Mediterranean Sea. And right above Israel is Tyre and Sidon. And we call that land today Lebanon. And Lebanon is one of the words for moon out of the scripture. These were moon worshippers over here. Now, so, when Ahab marries Jezebel, boy, you hear about Jezebel all your life, and you think she's just some woman painted up. That's not how bad she was. She was a murderer. She slaughtered and butchered everybody that got in her way. And she brought her gods down into northern Israel in 1 Kings. 1 Kings, the 16th chapter, Ahab, well, why wouldn't he marry Jezebel? She was hot. She looked great. And she was right up here. And Ahab's palace in northern Israel was right up there at Mount Carmel and he was right across the street from Jezebel and her father Ethbaal and Ethbaal means with Baal and he was a priest of the Ashtaroth of Babylon over here on the Euphrates River. He was a priest of Baal, a priest of Ashtaroth, a priest of the grove and you've got that on. This is what Israel went after. You can take this and read it yourself. You see where it says Balaam down here? See where it says Balaam? I am on the end of a word is plural. Jeremiah said Israel had a God on every street. They went, why did they go after these gods? Does anybody remember? They didn't want to obey the, the 70 weeks of Daniel. That's, exactly, that's it. They, God said, here's what you have to do. Leviticus 25. Now, he's not going to explain to them why they need crop rotation. Now, that's what we call it. We have to have the guys in the Midwest, out in Kansas and Nebraska. They've got to do something to rotate their crops. They've got to call a farm agent out and ask him to test the soil and tell us, tell them what kind of fertilizer they need in it. God didn't say, we're not going to do that. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Every seven years, leave the land alone. Don't, don't harvest anything out of it. 
It's got to restore the nutrients. He didn't tell them that. He just wants them to obey. And they're saying to Moses, you must be out of your mind. We're not going to do that. And they go 70 sets of those years. And they start after other gods because other gods doesn't have a sabbatical year. Grove doesn't have a sabbatical year. Baal doesn't have a sabbatical year. And the only way that they they said, we're not going to have that. We're, we're going to grow and we're going to reap and harvest every year. They must have wondered what was going on after about 400 years where they didn't practice or they didn't practice these sabbatical year. There must have been one what was going on when they would plant tomatoes that are supposed to be jumbo tomatoes and then come out like little grape tomatoes. Because when you plant something constantly, it pulls all the nutrients out and you can't have good crops. How are they supposed to, how are they going to have good crops? Tell me. Obey God. Obey God, that's it. Just obey God. You'll have more than you could eat. That's what he said in Deuteronomy 28, didn't he? He said that a bunch of times. So, if you look, if you look here, they went after the groves. Grove was, what is Asherah? Asherah. It comes from Ashtart. We get the word Ashtaroth. Either with an E, it's singular, with an O, it's plural. Asherah, this is the word grove. These are forms of it. When you look up Ashtaroth in in the McLennan Strong, these are magnificent books. You look up Asherah, it will tell you these are the tree deities. They were always identified with the moon. And uh, that's what the grove is. And the Asherah, the, these are some of the best books in the world. They're just unbelievable. We don't print this kind of information anymore. These were researched back from 1850 to 1885. They were printed in the 1800s. For some reason, people think, we don't need that stuff anymore. Yes, we do. If you look up Asheroth, it will tell you that she is identified with Venus. With Venus. Now, Venus, they tell you, was not worshipped in human form. She was worshipped in the form, Mr. Layard of Layard's Nineveh says, she was worshipped in the form of a cone that was round at the bottom and slowly slowly came to a point on the top. And Mr. Layard, one of the great researchers, archaeological diggers of all time, he printed Layard's Nineveh in 1849. He said, 
since they worship these gods and goddesses in the stars, they always put a star on top of it. I've got that in your papers, a uh, page or two later there. You got that right? on the back oops don't have it there I have it major points about Christmas on the second page the swastika was originally called the sun wheel the fire wheel so forth oh, I've got it in here so oh third page, excuse me. Venus, the tree goddess, was deified in the stars that a star was placed at the top of their figure or representation. She was not represented in human form but in a triangle. Thus, we have the very image of the Christmas tree. And the Bible says in James, in Jeremiah 10, they put a platform on it because it moved not. And they decorated it with silver and with gold in Jeremiah 10. America hasn't been celebrating Christmas but for about 120 years. That's all. It was paganism. It was Christ Mass. It was paganism in the ancient world. It was against the law to celebrate Christmas in America 300 years ago because it was Roman Catholicism. I keep telling everybody. I, I've got a book here. It's called The Myth of Mary. It's talking about the mythological things that's been said about Mary in the Catholic Church. It will tell you how paganism entered into the church. I'm going to read something out of this to you. Constantine was ruling the... He was ruling out of Constantinople and Maxentius was ruling the eastern or the western Roman Empire out of Rome. Constantine in Constantinople it's called Istanbul now. It's an old song about that. And he came over to attack to attack Rome and to attack Maxentius. Maxentius, when he got he got to the Malvian Bridge going into Rome and Constantine said he saw a vision. He said he saw Christ but his his son's tutor now, Constantine's the most powerful man in the world. 
he can hire anyone he wants to teach his son. So he picks out one of the most brilliant scholars of his day and time, Lactanius. He picked out Lactanius to tutor his son. Lactanius said he did not see a cross in the sky. He did not. He said what he saw was this, looks like an X, but it's actually a key. You see that key? You find that in college in these fraternities. If you get a key to a fraternity, the key is actually, this is an X right here. That's a Kazee. It's pronounced K-S-E-E. What if I said Kazalophone? Xylophone. So, where was I? Lactanius said what he saw in the sky was this, what we would call an X. It stands for CH. CH. Later on, Constantine added the R, the R, that C-H-R, and it's supposed to be short for Christ. You find that sign on all the vestments of the Roman Catholics. Don't you find it? It's on the vestments of the Pope on Christmas Eve. It's got C-H-R. Have you seen that? Y'all seen it on them. You've seen it because you've been in the Catholic Church. A form of this would be Maltese Cross. This is also a form of the swastika. That's called the Maltese Cross. That, in fact, all of the aces of Germany got that. That was called the Iron Cross during World War I when they fought the Americans. They got this, this Iron Cross. That's a form of the swastika. Now, the swastika, I keep saying this, is nothing but the Big Dipper. I'm going to try to... Let me show you something here. I keep saying that what Israel got involved in was sun and tree worship. And here's what Constantine did. He brought Christ Mass into the church. Christ Mass. Erase this so I can get started again. All right. Constantine was afraid for about 200 years all of the Caesars, the Caesars of Babylon, the Caesars of Persia, 
Persia was the same thing as Afghanistan, Pakistan. It was all of those stands over there, over this area. Here's, there is what we call Babylon or Iraq. Iraq is just another name for the moon. Yarek is one of the words for moon. Yarek. We've got a son named Eric, and that's where that comes from. Eric the ruler. He's the ruler. He's not anymore, but but he's big enough to rule me. Now, here's the whole point. Constantine was having problems with the Christians. He couldn't stop them. They kept multiplying. The more he killed them, the more they multiplied. So he said, we've got to do something to get along with the Christians. And not only that, we're going to lose the empire to all of these Huns, Vandals, Saxons. They weren't under the rule of Rome. The Franks, the Visigoths, he was particularly afraid of the Visigoths. I don't know why the Visigoths were more evil than the Goths, but they were really something to be messed with. They lived on horseback, and if you come up and said, we're going to tax you, they'd say, you ain't going to tax us, we'll kill you. And they didn't care. They'd get on a horse, come in in hordes, and just strike everybody down. Well, when, when the Visigoths were driven down below the Danube River that drove them into the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire starts saying to the Visigoths, you're going to have to pay taxes. You're going to have to pay us to live in our land. They said, then the Visigoths said, no, we're not. And they go on a rampage. And they start heading towards Rome. And they're afraid that they're going to, the Visigoths are going to take over Rome. Well, they eventually did around 415 A.D., but it was too late. Christmas was already in the church. In 325 A.D., Constantine brought the gods of all these Huns and Vandals. Here's the thing you have to understand. Were those the same gods that is worshipped for, for 500 years. Absolutely, they were the same gods. They were all tree and sun gods. If you got all of these, you got all of these Huns and Vandals and Visigoths and Goths and, and the, the list goes on and on. There were just dozens and dozens of the Celts they were all fire and tree worshipers. Well, if these were all sun and tree worshipers, and Israel was into sun and tree worship, how do you know they come from the same stock? How do you know that? Revelation 17 and 5 says, Babylon... is the mother of all harlots. Harlot is not the word harlot. 
It's the word pornea, P-O-R-N-E. Porn, we get the word pornography from that. But it doesn't mean to just look at naked men and women. Porn means idolatry. Let me put it on the board again. Yeah, idolatry in the Greek is E-I-D-O-L-O-L-A-T-R-E-I-A. That's the word idolatry. It means to latruo, serve, you know, what you see. It means what you put into your eyes and your ears. You will serve that. That's idolatry. Has anybody been an idolater here besides me? Man, when you realize that you've been an idolater, I gotta have that car, I gotta have that woman, I gotta have that guy, I gotta have. The Bible says covetousness is idolatry. Pleonectes. Is the word covetous, it means to want more any way you can get it. Boy, that ought to convict your heart. If you don't, you're dead. Now, if Babylon mothered all harlotry, that means these Goths and Visigoths there is no harlotry outside of Babylon. And what was Babylon built on? Let us make us a name. The word name is Shem. means authority. We don't like Shem, the second born of Noah, ruling us. We'll make up our own authority our own gods and I've got a lot of that in here about some of these points about Christmas I drew this paper up some years ago and I have it printed up once in a while just so people can have it and know that this all the Christmas is the Christ Mass and it is Roman Catholicism I said last week when the priests raise up the Eucharist, they say, Hoc est corpus eum fili. They say that Eucharist, which is the Mass, turns into the literal body and blood of Christ. That's what they say. Do you believe that? No. That's not what Jesus meant when he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He turned around and told us what eat flesh and drink blood meant. He said, my flesh is meat indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. Is, is the same thing as equal. Blood equals indeed. Flesh equals indeed. All you have to do is define the word indeed to know what eat flesh and drink blood means. Now, what is the word indeed? It's alothase. It means of truth. 
And truth, this word aletheia comes from the word truth, L-E-T-H-E-I-A, and aletheia is a form of lantano, lantano with the alpha proved in front of it. Lantano means to conceal or hide and aletheia means not to hide anything. Pull the cover off. Tell people what things mean. Thing is wrong with preachers. Nobody cares what the definition of anything is. I don't like preachers. They lie. They stand in pulpits and lie through their teeth. I don't know why I can see all these things. I can't even begin to tell you everything about Christmas in one lesson. It takes me months. Because i got to go through all of Israel's apostasy because they didn't want to keep the sabbatical years. So they found some gods that didn't have sabbatical years. Baal, the grove, all those gods on this paper and more than this I just took out some of the words out of your concordance you got Ashtaroth in there you got Molech Molech was the sun god of northern what we call northern Jordan he was the sun god of Ammon Israel was worshipping that so what Constantine does he said let's pull all of the gods of the Hans the Vandals the Ostrogoths, the Visigoths, the Bavarians, the Franks, the Saxons, and you had all of these gods from up here in Norway, Finland, uh, Denmark, up in here. That was cold area. And they said, we have to, they said, we, we believe that these fir trees these fir trees are magical trees because they can live through this cold, cold winter. Sub-zero weather. So they took the fir trees and they took the holly and they took all the greenery and hung it around their pagan temples. They had what they called a wassailing bowl song. The wassailing bowl was a bowl in the middle of a table, and it was a drunken elixir. And they would drink out of that bowl and sing the wassailing bowl song. Deck the holes with boughs of holly. Fa la 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 la. What does that have to do with Jesus? Nothing. I saw him singing Deck Hall's Battle of Holly one summer, one winter. We were going into Christmas one year, and they were dancing on the dance floor to Deck the Hall's Battle of Holly. Then they went into Joy to the World and danced to that. Can you believe that? Let me just go ahead and say what I was going to say. Constantine said, I, I can't get along with the Christians. So what I want to do, I want to bring all of these gods into the church at Rome 
and they had something they called the Feast of Saturn. Of Saturn. The Feast of Saturn. Saturn was the father of the gods in Rome. And they thought the earth was... They thought that the sun was burning out. Because they would get to the winter solstice. I always put it in the form of a... In the form of a... Uh, a triangle here. And... The Earth, this has to do with the Big Dipper. The Big Dipper is the swastika. It's what it is. Let me see here. I can find these things, but nobody else can. There it is right there. There's the swastika. Put an imaginary line over to the pole star and you have the swastika that's what the big dipper is and if this was summer up here they would check they would check the big dipper every three months on the third of the month and this is what they would come up with they checked the big dipper June the 3rd, September the 3rd, and they did this at midnight, and then uh, September 3rd, December 3rd, and then March the 3rd, and then they were back to the spring. They said all they needed to do was get this to turn from here, you're going into the fall, and everything's going to be cold. And then they didn't have Kroger's or supermarkets. So they said they had to get this wheel of the year, their calendar, back around to the spring or Ishtar. Had to get it back around. So... <laughs> Excuse me. And that is what the swastika is. It is the Big Dipper in four phases is what it is. Swastika comes from the word Suvasti. This was a good luck symbol in early America. Why? Because it meant crops in the spring. That's why it was a good luck symbol. I've got a... I had an old postcard that was given to me by the Doyle family up in Wisconsin and where their grandfather sent a card to their grandmother 
said Happy New Year, and it had a swastika on it. That was the swastika has been here long before Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler was a sun worshiper. This is a book about Hitler's occultic sun worship. It's called The Twisted Cross. That's another title for the swastika. There's several titles for the swastika. Let me see if I got those. The swastika was the sun wheel when it was like this. Now, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm more curious. This is called the sun wheel. It was like that. These are supposed to be the flames of the sun. But when you look at the swastika from the earth, this is our viewpoint. These stars in the Big Dipper, there's seven stars in the Big Dipper. Seven. Amos, the fifth chapter, God says, Don't seek the seven stars. Seek him that maketh the seven stars and Orion. Don't seek these seven stars. They're not going to help you do anything. If you're disobedient to God, do you realize that the Big Dipper, these stars in the Big Dipper, they're not on the same plane. One may be a million light years from the rest of them, but from our viewpoint, it looks like they're all on the same plane. Doesn't it? Now, let me read this to you. I'm on a, the Big Dipper, the swastika was also called the Maltese Cross. It's on the Pope's clothing. It was called the Wheel of the Year. They called this the Wheel of the Year. And they said someone, this was the pagans, they said someone had to be turning the Wheel of the Year. Who did they say turn that? Queen of heaven now the queen of heaven was called Malita Aphrodite Venus she had many names when the Roman Catholic Church brought Catholicism into their false church, they said that the Mary of Roman Catholicism was the Queen of Heaven. Well, that can't be right because 600 years B.C., God was condemning Israel in Jeremiah 44 and Jeremiah 7 for having worshipped the Queen of Heaven. <coughs> that was 600 years before she was even born. They said the Queen of Heaven had to be turning that wheel so they could... The swastika is nothing but the Big Dipper in four different phases as they checked it through the year. And Hitler was a pagan. 
I've said this before, he sent Himmler, the head of his SS, because it reminds me of something else, SS. That was the hit squad of Adolf Hitler. That was his murderers. He sent the, the and if you were a lieutenant in the SS, you could have a general put to death. That was in the regular army. And you didn't mess with the SS. They get the SS from the Sigrun. It's the lightning bolts. When he sent Himmler to Tibet, he was looking for a superior race. He had heard that the Tibetan Buddhists were tall, long arms, and I don't know what he's looking for a superior race because he didn't have, he wasn't tall, blue-eyed, and blonde hair. He was a little short, squatty guy. And the Sigrun is supposed to be the lightning bolts, lightning bolts of Thor in the northern recesses up there in Finland. The Thor's hammer this was Thor's hammer like this. That was Thor's hammer. It was just a reduced swastika. I was at home. I'd come in one Saturday afternoon when I was selling real estate back in the 80s. And they had one of those cheap Hercules shows on TV, except it was a Thor show. And they showed Thor's hammer, and he raised it up towards the camera. And this is what they had on it. The guys in Hollywood do more research than the Baptist preachers. Had this right here. They know what Thor's hammer is. Let me read this to you. I can't get all of this in here. I got the Malvian Bridge in there, and this points about Christmas. Let me let me read this to you. This is out of the Myth of Mary. This Caesar Vidal is a professor in Spanish. I've gone online and looked for him, and I found him. But he's preached. He's teaching in Spanish, and I can't find anything in English other than this book here. But this is talking about paganism enters the church. Christmas is Christ's mass whether anybody likes it or not. The Christmas tree is Venus. Next time you see a Christmas tree, just go up and say, Hey, Venus, how you doing? Have you seen Hercules lately? I had a guy that used to do that when he worked down here to, at a uh, Glen. Soderstrom, he's the guy who started our taping and everything. He said he'd go in down there at Town and Country Ford where he was selling cars and walk up to the tree and say, Good morning, Venus. How's Hercules doing? Do that in front of a bunch of people. <laughs> All right. How much time do I have, Mike? 17. Uh, boy, I ain't going to get through much here. All right. 
In 250, the Goths again crossed the Danube. That's what put them into Roman territory. And two years later, sacked Asia Minor. Sack. You've heard of sacking the quarterback. That means to level to the ground. Three years later, the Germans were raising R-A-Z. To raise something means to level it. They were raising Averne, and the Franks were reaching Spain. The epidemic of the plague started in 250 and would extend over 15 years. Starting in 256, inflation would gallop out of control. It is almost impossible to imagine what chaos would signify the people of the empire. The slaves would run away and become highway robbers. The idea began to gain ground that the only way to save the empire was through a military dictatorship in a church. Now, let me read on. Constantine was conscious of the importance of forcing a new religion that was monotheistic. Mono means one theos, God. And that would integrate all the subjects of the empire precisely because of this. He moved from polytheism to solar monotheism. Sun, solar is sun. One worship God, a sun god. Precisely because of this, he moved from polytheism to solar monotheism with hardly any difficulty. Christianity had survived since the first century. The partial persecutions that cost hundreds of faithful their lives, the new emperor was conscious of the importance of having good relations with Christianity. He was going to try to get along. Oh, I've got to mention to you, before he brought all this into the church, his big problem was getting all these people to get along. He couldn't get along with the Christians because they kept multiplying. I hope we go this way. They kept multiplying. So he said, I got to do something. So what he does, he brings all these gods into the church. And then he tells the Christians in the world, we're going to have an edict of Milan. Edict. This is where it was issued. Edict of Milan. And that edict was an edict of toleration. That is what Roman Catholicism was founded and built upon, tolerating anybody's doctrine. We're not supposed to do that. If anyone preaches any other doctrine, do not bid them Godspeed. Don't be cheerful to them about it. I'm not going to run around with a bunch of Baptists and talk about accepting Christ, which you can't do when you're dead. I'm not going to run around with a bunch of Church of Christ who say you've got to be dipped in water in a Church of Christ church in order to go to heaven. 
Do you have to be baptized to be saved? Absolutely. But in what? In the blood of Christ. And he has to do the baptizing. Let me read on here. When he issued that edict of toleration, that was in 312 A.D. He didn't start the Catholic Church until 325 A.D. And then it was against the law to celebrate Christmas 300 years ago in America. And about 1890, it started easing into the church. They put a new face on it. St. Nicholas was a little short, skinny guy. He had a black demon that went everywhere with him. It's, we're living in insanity, people. I've got all this information. Do you think I'm the only one that has this? I've told you before, Jimmy Swaggart, when he's on TV, he's got a set of McClinics and Strong on a bookshelf over his right shoulder. All he has to do is, they look like they've never been used. They haven't. You don't get a, a set of McClinic and Strong and think that you can kind of go rub against them and it'll kind of by osmosis get into your blood. You got to pull them out and read them. They are magnificent books. Let me read this. Constantine was conscious of the importance of forcing a new religion that was monotheistic and that would integrate all the subjects of the empire. Precisely because of this, he moved from polytheism to solar monotheism with hardly any, any difficulty. Christianity had survived since the first century. The partial persecutions that cost hundreds of faithful their lives. The new emperor was conscious of the importance of having good relations with Christianity. He knew as well how fruitless it was to persecute them directly. They kept multiplying. Over a short period of time, beginning around 312, Constantine concluded that the cement he needed to build his empire was not so much solar religion as it was Christianity. Nonetheless, it could not just be any Christianity, but a Christianity that would lend itself to political purposes. That's the Roman Catholic Church. It's, I've got so much here. Christians that had never associated with the government started to fill important political offices. They brought in the pagans. They brought in the pagans and the Christians all together into this corrupt church in Rome. Where did this Christmas come from? I got it on this... I got several pages of it right here on this. It came from the fact I've had people watch, see me draw a swastika on TV say, well, he's a Nazi. No, you're stupid. You're dumb. It 
was Thor who had the power over the lightning bolts. That's why the Sigrun of Hitler was lightning bolts. It's like SS. He called it the SS. Here's the way this thing works. This is the sun being bright on June 21st. That's the longest days of the year, and the sun is at its brightest at that time. As the earth is on its axis, the earth is on its axis. Oops. I pressed the wrong button. Huh? Garland board, he said. I don't know what. Well, I want. No, I can't do that. Does anybody know how to get this thing going again? There it is, right there. There it is, right there. As the earth is, it's tilted at 23 and a half degrees. As it comes around, when it's winter over here, you got the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. It's summer down in the bottom part of the earth. So what we're interested in, you go from winter, when it's... Uh, we're going around the sun. When we see the Big Dipper, we see it from the Earth's viewpoint. Well, they said they had to get back around to spring in order to have crops. Their concern was getting through those real difficult winters so they could have food. This is all about one thing, food. That's it. They didn't want to keep the sabbatical years, so they said, we'll get us some gods that won't require that. And that's why the 70 weeks of Daniel is one of the most interesting things I teach on. 70 weeks are 70 times 7, 490 years, 490. And that tells you there's not one preacher in America there's not a preacher in Tennessee or a professor that even wants to preach on the 70 weeks of Daniel. It's one of the most important. It is the bridge in the Old Testament that bridges into the New. And it'll tell you at the end of the 70th week, we, are, we have to be close to the end of time. The preachers are lying. The great apostasy is here. We're in it. I defied more words than any preacher in America. I preach more history, more biblical history than anybody I know. Nobody else preaches this, do they? So, as we're moving through the, through the ecliptical path of the earth, it looks like the sun is dimming as it gets down 
the sun is dimming as it gets down here to the winter solstice. The winter solstice is December 21st. The pagans thought the earth, the sun is burning out or it's moving away from the sun. So they had a festival in Rome December 21st through, not the 21st, December the 17th through 24th. And they had, that was called the Feast of Saturn. Saturn was the father of the gods in Rome. So they said, we have to have a feast for Saturn and maybe he'll bring back the sun and he'll have a rebirth of the sun. And when you get into, when you pass, you get into the equinox. The equinox means equal night. Equal night. And that comes in September the 21st. And that equal night means 12 hours in the day, 12 hours in the night. I read this on the internet that the day after the equinox, you gain 30 seconds the first day of darkness, and then it increases more and more. Later on, it increases at a greater rate than that. At the winter time, at the winter solstice, at the winter solstice, we, uh, that's the darkest time of the year. Longest nights of the year and they said they had to do something to make sure the sun had a rebirth and they call that trans migration trans migration has the same meaning as when you are reborn over and over because every year that have this festival that light bonfires or bale fires trying to help heat the earth up because they didn't have our method of heating things up back then. And then you move as the earth begins to rebirth. They called December the 25th the birthday of the unconquerable sun because it's being rebirthed. And the darkest times of the year was after the fall equinox down through the the uh, equinox, the spring equinox. This was the dark time of the year. Dark. And this period in here. And the Lord told, and you go into the holidays you go into the holidays at the equinox of Halloween Christmas and all of this is out of paganism Christmas and then in February you go into Mardi Gras 
Mardi Gras and Christmas are the same thing in different cultures. The same thing. And then you go to the equinox and the brightest time of the year, the light, or that God is going to give Israel all their crops is the light. That would be from March, April, March, April to September, October. And that's the light of the year where that God says if you practice this crop situation, not growing anything every seven years, I doubt this before any of y'all came here, had you ever heard of the 70 weeks of Daniel? No. It is Daniel 9, 24 through 27. I've run out of time. I'm going to have to come back next week. Bring those papers with you. I can't say all this all at once. There's too much to it. I got to go through Mardi Gras. I got to take you to to uh, Mardi Gras. Well, I can't go into it. I spent half a day going over it. It has to do with the Easter or Ishtar is the end of Mardi Gras. What do you mean by that? I'll tell you next week. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for truth. God help us. We're living in a corrupt nation with a bunch of corrupt preachers. Thank you for your word. Lead us to your elect. Fight our battles for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I gave you, Ben, I gave you one of those. It's got on the back of it when all these things came into the yeah. Roman Catholic Church. That's great. I appreciate that. And I've got, uh, I even put some verses out to the side. Thank you, Jim. Just to show. We'll get a couple of Christmas tracks. Okay. I'll spread a little Christmas cheer out there. <laughs> okay. All right. Give me a hug. How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing fine, thank you. Just getting closer and closer, that's all. Well, I'm hoping the Lord will come soon. I've been so tired of all this mess. I don't Henry. Doing pretty good. How you doing? Oh, good. I'm really not doing good. I'm, I'm having a hard time right now. What you doing there, girls? Y'all want some gum? Come in. I'll give you some. Here you go. There's one for you. 
And one for you. You want one here? I love you. You love me? Thank you for being here. What are you doing, love brother? You. I love you too, man. I really do. Sorry I couldn't make it the other day, but... Huh? I said sorry I couldn't make it Saturday, but... Well, that's all right. My back's killing me, folks. I'm going to have to go home and lay down. I don't feel good. She's feeling bad. Yeah. On that, um, on that four, four, what is it, 490? What is that? So I'm trying to understand the 70 times 7. 70, that's the 70 weeks of Daniel. 70 times 7. Yeah. Um, was it, was it, um, 490 years is they had 70 years. sets of those, of those set years. Okay, that's what that 490 70 years. sets of those sabbatic years they didn't keep. And did they go through that? That's what they, was that the, um, I guess the dark hole, the trials and tribulations that they went through for going after the gods? Was that, was it what? Was yeah. that the time period? It was 490 years. Yeah, well, that's how many years they didn't keep the sabbatical years. Okay. 70 was, of them. 70 of those weeks of years. But that's not the time that they that God scattered Israel. That's not the time frame that God scattered Well, that has to do with what he's going to give them to repent in. Okay. What I knew to sit down with you and talk to you. Okay. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to kind of get to death on the 70 weeks. I know you got a whole bunch of tapes on it I can look at. Um, yeah, I got a book. Yeah. I really didn't know what it was about because obviously nobody talks about that, but it's just. Nobody